So, hello, governor. <laughs> I have taken the morning off um, to really be reflective and creative. I had a very nice weekend. Um, I just wasn't ready to go back to work today. Getting a small talk out of the way, though. I wanted to talk about something that really does weigh heavy on my psyche. And it's something that I think I, I often speak about. And it's something that I, you know, often think about because I, I feel like, you know, a lot of us are guilty of doing this. And, and, and you know, maybe even in ways I'm guilty of doing this as well. Um, but I want to particularly talk about gaslighting. And I think that um, <clears throat> it's very prevalent in, like, relationships and very prevalent in people. And... For me, I think that it is highly, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just realized something in, in, in my apartment. I feel like it's something that is highly, highly disrespectful. To me, I take it as like one of the highest forms of disrespect because I feel like what gaslighting is, it's psychological manipulation. <clears throat> and there's a lot of examples of it. But I feel like it is definitely an abuse tactic. And while a lot of people that do do it aren't abusive, a lot of abusers do use this tactic to win arguments. So I'll give you a perfect example of, you know, ways in which I have been gaslit. <clears throat> I have a cousin. And before you all ask, no, it's not that one. It's, a, it's, it's actually a different one. Same side of the family, different one, though. Um, this one is a woman. She's a lesbian. And, um, we were really hanging tough last year. Um, and I didn't see a problem with that because, you know, I consider her to be one of my favorite cousins, if not my favorite cousin. Like, we would play together when we were kids, go over each other's houses. We would, like, we was just, like, that close growing up. Um... And so I saw no problem with us hanging out together. Um, <clears throat> an issue came up between us because I seen something for myself with my own two eyes that I didn't like. And it involved her relationship at the time. And there was a situation that happened where we came back from, again, hanging out tough together. Um, it was the three of us, her, myself, and her girlfriend. And, um, me and the girlfriend were, you know, pretty tight, you know, and, and it, it wasn't abnormally so. It wasn't like we talked all the time, but when we were around each other, we were happy to see each other. We were friends. We were friendly. And so that was an issue for my cousin because she felt like, you know, she felt like if I can make sense of this, because it really never really made sense to me, but she felt like, you know, it was inappropriate for her girlfriend and I to have a close relationship because she didn't even know the details of it. And so, um, when we were coming back from the party, um, the girlfriend says bye to me and then my cousin just goes off on her 
You know, the issue involved her younger sister, and I'll get to that too. It involved her younger sister, and she just felt like the girlfriend was being too friendly with me and not friendly enough with her sister. And that's why she was going off on her. And to me, I feel like, you know, if you have those problems and you have those issues with your with your significant other, A, I feel like that shit should be private. Like, shouldn't nobody else be around to see that? Because then you give other people the right to have an opinion about it. You give people the right to speak up about it. And one thing about me is that I don't do disrespect of any kind. And if I feel compelled to speak up about it and say something about it, I will. And at that time, I, I, I was. Um, because, again, she was just going off on her. Girlie wasn't saying anything back to her. Wasn't saying anything back to her. And so, her and I get into an argument. And I finally tell the girlfriend to get out the car and I'll make sure you get to where you have to go. Because, you know, another thing to add to this is the fact that, you know, my cousin... Um, my cousin is an alcoholic. Alcoholism runs in my family. And this particular cousin is a very bad alcoholic. Well, no, she's not bad. It's just, how can I put it? She's not as bad as the other one. But she she is, I would say, an alcoholic in denial. And so one thing I know about alcohol is that, you know, Alcohol reveals the true you. It reveals the you that you try desperately to hide. And so if you are already an abusive, mean, nasty, bitch-ass person, it's going to highlight that when you're drunk. And so that's what it did for her. And so she became mean, nasty, and just really evil towards this girl in front of me and I did not like that or appreciate that so that's why her and I got into an argument and as days would go by I wouldn't speak to her I wouldn't I wouldn't speak to her because I just I just felt like not only did you disrespect her but you disrespected me and then further adding insult to injury whenever you know we would finally speak she tried to say that we were all in the car acting a fool. We were all being crazy. We were all, you know, being belligerent. Um, I remember she sent me a picture that I sent to her where I told her, hey, I'm pre-gaming before we go to this party. And it was a glass of wine. Well, feel, well, if you look at it, it was like two glasses in one. But still, it, it, was, it, was, it, was, it was in a wine glass. The, the glass wasn't really filled all the way up. And when I got to the party, I had a drink. That is not enough to get me to really be tipsy, let alone for me to be so belligerently drunk that I'm going to be acting a fool. You know, but she said I was wildin' and we was all wildin'. Uh, her girlfriend took an edible and said that she was wildin' off the edibles and like, I take them too. And I, I, I've, never, I've never seen anybody or I've never experienced myself being violently wild off of an edible. But according to her quote-unquote perception, you know, we were all drinking, we were all acting belligerent, 
we just took her belligerency to be, if that's even a word, we just took her belligerency a little bit personal. And that's not how the story went. And so that should have been my first indication of what was down or what was going to come. Um, because eventually we made up and, you know, things got back to normal. We were planning a family cookout for our family that hasn't been done in so long. And, um, I decided to move on and just keep it at that. I didn't want to argue. I didn't want to fight. Like, that's the last thing I want to do, you know? Um, another situation would come up with another cousin of ours, same side again, um, where she, another lesbian involved us in, you know, a domestic situation with her and her wife. Now, a backstory with this cousin is the fact that while I grew up knowing who she was, we did not grow up together. Like, I don't have childhood memories with her, you know? Um, um, so I don't really know her like I know the other cousins. Um, so to me, you know, the picture that I had been seeing around, or the picture that they presented to us was that they were a loving couple. I, and I remember it was so sweet. Like she came to the family cookout as well. She was being very loving to her wife, very sensitive, very caring. We'll call her, you know, oh, hey, my love, we good, we this, we that. And just presented this, essentially to me, and I, I know this is harsh to say, this fake ass story that they were this, loving, you know, um, 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 homosexual couple. And then you present this picture for us in the group because now at this point, we all, we also started hanging tough. She and the other cousin started to link up a little bit more and they started to really see eye to eye. And so we are hanging tough. And so now you feel comfortable enough to drag your wife in front of us. And I just didn't think that was right. So again, like I said, I don't do disrespect. And if I feel compelled to say something, I'm going to. That's just how I am. And so when that happened, I said to them, me and our other cousins don't need to be involved in this because this is your marriage. And up until this point, you know, y'all presented yourself as this lovey-dovey item and you're nothing of the sort. So now, you know... I'm seeing who you really are, other cousin, and I'm seeing who your wife really is. And really, truthfully, what she wanted was she wanted me and our other cousin to drag that girl. She wanted us to team up with her and take her side and drag that girl along with her. When all I said was is I don't need to be involved. Neither does the other cousin. Y'all need to go to marriage counseling. I'm not a marriage counselor. She tried to paint it as if, you know, well, I can't vent to family since you don't want to take it. Well, she, she tried to paint it as she couldn't vent to family and that I wasn't on her side. And I'm like, that's not the case. I'm just saying that I don't want to be involved in your domestic shit. So I'm going to call this cousin L and I'll call the other cousin that I'm actually talking about S. <laughs> so when I'm talking to S, which is the actual cousin that I'm actually trying to refer about the gaslighting shit to, she brings up the situation with her girlfriend. 
And I'm like, why are we talking about this? We've moved past this. Now, at this point, you and the girl are broken up. So why are we still talking about this? So a couple months would go by and S would tell me that the girl was picking with her on social media. So I said, okay, fine. Just ignore her. No problem. She was like, I shouldn't have to ignore her. She should just leave me alone. Okay. And I, and I left it at that. And then the situation came to a head because now S involved her little sister. And the sister decides, you know, I'm grown, I'm 21, so I'm going to say what I want to say. And literally start going at this girl, saying some really outlandish things. I won't really go into details about what it was. But if you ask me, it's something that someone who touts that they're grown, that they're 21, shouldn't be saying to any other grown person. Because truly, no one's afraid of you. And if circumstances were different, y'all could throw hands. And I would hope the girl would beat your ass. Because the shit you said to her was foul. Truly. Truly. Um, so, um, the girl got in contact with me. The ex-girlfriend got in contact with me and, and was trying to tell me the shit that S was doing. And I told the ex-girlfriend, I said, look. You and your new girlfriend need to leave my cousin alone. <clears throat> I understand how my cousin can be. I understand what you're saying. But at this point, y'all need to leave each other alone. You and your girlfriend need to leave each other alone. She tried to say, well, I can't control her. Yes, you can control her. You can. And so, you know, in my head, I'm thinking, okay, well, I can't wait to talk to Asked about this to tell her, hey, you know, I told her this. And in my head, it, 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 it almost seemed as if I was looking for approval from her. Like, like you needed proof to know that, like, I was on your side with, sh with shit. Because you don't, because for some reason you have not painted this narrative of me that I'm not on your side. Or that I took her side over everything. You know? And so, um... <laughs> I told the ex-girlfriend that and moved on later on some other shit would happen that would involve the sister me and the sister get into an argument and then me and S get into an argument and as a result they were both blocked and so I'm shortening up the story because the details of those things don't matter um, and I want to still kind of protect their anonymity as much as I can even though I don't fuck with either one of them I have no plans to fuck with either one of them. And um, I wish them well, truly. I wish them well. And I really mean that. And I don't mean that sarcastically. And, and I don't mean it to be bitchy. I truly, I truly wish them well. I just want nothing to do with them at this point. So I say all that to say that in the middle of all of this, I really learned how abusive S really is. You know, S is actually also closely related to the cousin from the last podcast I told you about with the situation with the friend I was in love with. So it's no surprise that the two of them are alcoholics, A, and B, that they're both gaslighting and C, that they're both abusive. They take on different forms in different ways, but they are both the same person. 
just in male and female form. And they're both homosexuals. So it's like male, it's like they are the male and female version of each other. And I became, you know, I became, uh, or their relationship with me became a casualty in the wars that they have with themselves. Right? But getting back to S, <laughs> um, I should have known what a gaslighter she was when she tried to use my one glass of wine as to say, well, you were drinking too. When it's like, ma'am, like, as we were driving to the venue, first of all, let's talk about that you keep little small um, um, bottles of fireball in your, glove to, in your glove compartment in your car. Let's talk about when we got to the party, you had not one, not two, but three different drinks of brown liquor. Sorry, four, because you're left with one. You were plastered. By the time we left, to the point to where your father and your aunt both told me to look out for you. I don't know what the fuck I can do when I don't drive. And you're driving. Big fucking mistake for me to get in a car with someone who's drinking that heavily. Big fucking mistake. So, um... I should have known then. And then it kept on continuing. And then when you added your sister into it, and now your sister's coming back and telling me things that you have said that aren't true, like how you tried to say that, you know, me and your girlfriend spoke more than you and her did, and that was a lie. But you see, one thing about abusers is that they just don't abuse the people that they're in relationships with. They also abuse their family. Maybe not as intensely, but they do so with their families. And so I understand that S knew that her sister would have her back no matter what. Because her sister is always ready to, you know, fight and argue and be at odds with people. She's at odds with other cousins of ours for some shit that can just be solved in a conversation. But you know, again, she's young, she's petty, um, and she believes that she's grown and knows everything. And I, and I know that, that, that that's how she thinks because I've been 21 before. I was a 21-year-old just like her, and I thought I knew everything. Come to find out, I really don't. But S knew that all she had to do was put a battery pack in her sister's back, and her sister would, you know, be ready to whatever she needed. And that's what happened. That's what she did. It's exactly what she did. And so um, that was when the gaslighting became really prevalent to me. It became really prevalent to me. And, and one thing I will say about the time when we all kind of argued, because I argued with them separately, because I tried to tell the younger, because I tried to say this to the younger sister. Didn't disrespect her, but I said, when you're grown, you actually bring shit to people's doorsteps. Unlike you that wants to block somebody and take your sister's word for what happened when you're not even getting the full story. Okay? So yeah, I'll be a bitch to you. I'll be all these things to you, but I won't be wrong. And this is why I tell people all the time, I like to argue because when I argue, I'm always right. 
I'm not trying to come at people sideways about anything, but at the end of the day, you're not going to disrespect me. You're not going to paint me as the villain here when the villain is your sister. And then S tries to, you know, Jedi mind trick me and tell me, oh, well, you know, you're weak-minded and you took her side over mine. Didn't even ask me what my thoughts were. She just assumed. She just assumed. But you see, she felt vindicated because her little sister was on her side. Her little sister was on her side and her little sister was going to have her back in ways that I didn't. Then S tries to blame me for the situation with L and, and says the way that I handled her was foul when I didn't handle her any kind of way. I just stopped talking to her. I just stopped talking to her because she too is abusive and she too is disrespectful. And I do not do disrespect. But she tried to play me, but but S tried to play me like I was the dumb one, like I was stupid. And yet you're sitting here getting details of the situations all wrong because you are abusive. And really what it is, is that people who are abusive do not like to be called out about their abusive nature. And that was her issue with me. The fact that I would call her out about her abusive nature and I would not let her get away with shit the way other people do. That was her issue with me. That was my cardinal sin with her. And so this particular episode is about what we're going to change in 2023. And in 2023, I am not going to feel bad about falling out with anybody, specifically family members. Specifically family members who I have given so many chances to. And that's the thing with me. I give people so many chances, you know. Some would say you give people so many chances to disrespect you. I think I give them so many chances to hang themselves or prove that they are not pieces of shit. But in 2023, we're not going to do that. And I have to stay steadfast to that because I'm not a person that likes to be at odds with people. I, 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 I mean, you know, I, I do like my privacy. I do, you know, like to, you know, be by myself, but like, I, I don't mind, you know, having friendships and, and, and having relationships with people, but I will not do disrespect. So let me rephrase this. In 2023, we're going to practice not accepting disrespect and not giving people second and third chances to prove that they're pieces of shit. And that is all. So happy new year, ladies and gents, all seven of you. So glad to be back with you in this new year. I have a few things to get off my chest. And this time I can't promise you that I will obscure names to protect the satisfied, or in this case, the dissatisfied, um, or the unsatisfied, if you will, because hmm, 
I'm a petty motherfucker. I'm a petty motherfucker, but you know, I'm going to talk about something that we all can relate to relationship issues and matters of the heart. Because, you know, as has become the story of my life, you know, love just don't love me. Like, love just don't love me, y'all. Like, that's the place where I'm at in 2023. And it doesn't really make me sad that that's the fact. But it's just like, you know, it's a realization that, like, you know, I need to put my focus on other things besides niggas. I really do. I really do. So... To start this story off, <clears throat> this actually kind of ties in with the story from the last podcast about my cousin and my friend that I love very, very deeply. Um, I met this guy. His name is Anthony. I met a man named Anthony around the time that I was going through that with my cousin and uh, my, my friend. And, you know... Of course, first day we met, we fucked and it was glorious. It was great. I didn't really expect to see him again or to keep talking to him. But, you know, he gave me his number and we chit chatted the next time we would link up. And of course, we fucked again. It was my birthday. And, you know, <clears throat> in between those times, you know, we would talk and we would, you know, I'm sorry, we were calling. We would talk to each other. We would have, you know, deep conversations. I remember, you know, he used to, he would call me and we would talk from the time I was at work until the time that I got off. You know, one time I think we we, we talked almost the whole day. And that's not, and like most of the time it'd be, you know, I'll call you, we'll talk for an hour and I'll call you back. It was like nonstop. We just talked like, and, and, and it, and it really, it, it was like, you know, I was, I was, I was, you know, getting to know someone and I was being distracted. You know, I had a very healthy distraction and, um, then what ended up happening is at the end of 2021, he started to get brand new on me and he disappeared on me. He would pop back up at the beginning of 2022 and be very apologetic. You know, he wasn't in Pittsburgh anymore. He was in D.C. um, with his children. He has four of them, apparently, but I won't get into that right now. You know, leave the babies out of this. Um, He was in D.C. um, Because, you know, another backstory is that, you know, he had owned several businesses up here and, and he's on a journey to retire and settle down. And when I say settle down, I don't really mean romantic, but you know, he wants to put up roots somewhere um, once he decides to retire at 40 and he's working hard to like achieve that goal. And so he moved to DC for the better opportunities that would be down there. Um, He thinks Pittsburgh is lame. He thinks the people in Pittsburgh are lame and they're all haters. And it's like in Pittsburgh is like a succubus almost like, like it, it sucks you dry if you don't leave. And that's his belief. And so he moved to DC because, you know, we all know that DC is popping. And as far as the gays go, it's, it's like a Mecca down there. The DMV is a Mecca, honey. And I would, I would really like to go visit it. I may be visiting it this spring, but we will get to that. So, um, he would hit me up again and he would be in DC. And you know, he was 
And I was upset because, you know, I think I really started to like him and I really started to vocalize that. And I had bought him Christmas gifts and it's like he was supposed to spend Christmas with me. Actually, we were supposed to go on a date in December of 2021 and he ended up, you know, ghosting me. He ended up standing me up. He never came. And I, I remember, you know, I, I was I, I was planning on ordering pizza. And, and he said that he would bring some stuff as well. And and he never showed up. He never showed up. Um, when I, So when I did, I'm sorry, he never showed up for the date in December. Then he called me back and said that he had been sick for two weeks. And, you know, then uh, we were supposed to hang out for Christmas because, you know, his children were going to be out of his presence and he never showed up either. And I remember I bought him Christmas gifts and I was so mad about that. I was really offended by that. And so I wouldn't hear from him until February of 2022. And he was apologetic and, you know, trying to talk to me and this, that and the third. And I was like really giving him a hard time. But, you know, like I said, I liked him and like I missed him. And I, and I, and I just wanted to know like what was going on. You know, it, 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 it put me in that headspace where I was with my friend, where I felt like I had done something wrong and there was something wrong with me. And so he stressed it. He stressed profusely. There is nothing wrong with you. What he did say is that, you know, and this might make what the rest of the story develops into. This might be what, you know, people say, ah, well... You know, he did tell you, but he basically said, I was in a different headspace and I knew I wasn't ready for you. I knew that you wanted something different, even if you don't vocalize it, even if you don't say it, I feel it. You want more. And and I just, I got scared, is what he said. And so I forgave him and we continued to build, you know, a relationship, albeit not a romantic one per se, but we began to build it. And I don't know what that, what, what compels me to give people second chances because, and third chances, because what always proves to be true to me is that they will always fuck up that next chance I give them. I think that's why I haven't given my cousin a, another chance because I'm just in a new era of my life where I just don't want to do that anymore. So to make a long story short, 2022 was a very great year for us. I talked to him a lot. I spoke to him a lot. We talked on the phone daily. He would tell me about his day, tell me about his life. And, and it really felt like, you know, we were making a connection again. And so I really started to fall for him. I started to really fall for him. And <laughs> getting to the juicy part, uh, it is now January 5th of 2023. So January 3rd of 2023, I receive a text message from someone and it reads, hi, this is Mike, Anthony's boyfriend. I'm just letting you know that he is my man 
and I'm asking you to stop calling him. If you wanted to call and discuss, give me a call back. You have the number on your ID, your caller ID. But I'm expecting you not to call anymore. Thanks. Bye. And I got to pause for a second because, you know, this is still fresh. This is still very, very new for me. Put a pin in that for a second because where Michael is concerned, because that's his boyfriend's name, I've known about this man for about as long as I've known Anthony. And actually, me and Michael would speak prior to that because, you know, how we all even met was through the apps. But I actually met Michael on the apps first because Michael was trying to set up a threesome with me and who he was referring to at the time as his husband. <clears throat> and how it went down is that his husband, quote unquote, was out of town. And, you know, we was, I was, you know, sending him pictures, you know, and he was liking what he was seeing. I was liking what I was seeing. And me and Michael were going to hook up, just me and him. <clears throat> and then what happened is that as he was, according to him, on his way here, he decides to ask me a very personal question. And I didn't feel the need to answer that question. I won't say what the question is, but just know it wasn't a question that was going to affect what we were going to do, or at least in my eyes, it shouldn't have affected it. Um, but he decided otherwise. He decided not to do it again. So, you know, that was in December of 2020. In January of 2021, I would meet Anthony. Mind you, at this time, like I said, Michael has sent pictures of himself, sent pictures of, you know, his man. It didn't dawn on me when I met Anthony that the man in the picture was actually Anthony. And then when I happened to realize what it was, I sent it to Anthony. This was, you know, I, I don't remember what month this was. And I remember telling him, you know, because during us reconnecting, it wasn't all sunshine and roses. I definitely gave him a hard time because I let it know, I, I let it be known that I didn't trust him. And so when I seen that picture, I said it to him and I was like, remember when you tried to convince me that I was crazy and, there, and that what I was feeling was all in my head? And I sent the picture and I said, explain this. And he 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 tried to explain his way about it. And, and I won't say that I believed him 100% because what he said was, is, well, you know, that's an old picture of somebody I used to deal with. It ain't that serious. It's never that serious. And I've heard that before. This is 2022. He's telling me this. 2021, I had dealt with a situation where someone had, you know, kept something from me and told me that it wasn't serious, so I shouldn't have a problem with it. And my thing all and my thing always is this, and I will maintain this, right? These are situationships we're speaking about. Now, put aside your thoughts about situationships A, but B, I feel like in every single interaction that you have with a person, you should be 100% honest, especially if you know that there are matters of the heart involved. So my thing never is the action, right? It's always 
the secrecy and then the reasons why they decide to keep the secrets from me. And it's always reasons where I'm the crazy one, where I am neurotic, where I am the one that's doing too much and blowing things out of proportion. And I'm never the person that's doing that until you lie to me. I used to hate when like people would say, oh, well, I hate liars because it's like, you know, we're humans, we all lie. But I really get it because it's like a lot of these people, and in this case, the niggas, the men, will tell you some really crazy ass lies just so they don't have to tell the truth because really what they really want to do is they want to have their cake and eat it too. Because they feel like if they tell you what they actually want to do, you'll leave them alone. And they don't know, quite honestly, well, I can't speak for other people, but for me, a lot of the a lot of the guys don't know that if you tell me the truth, I probably, I mean, I may or may not like it. I may or may not be upset, but you gain my respect from telling me the truth and I'll be okay with it. Because wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I'm a person that believes if you get to do it, then I get to do it too. But you see, what I'm realizing is that I have a weakness for Taurus men. And Taurus men like to, Taurus men, men born, and (laughs) he's a mate Taurus, just like my friend. They... are selfish people. And I'm trying to say that as light as as nicely and politely as I can, but they are selfish motherfuckers. And they're also hypocritical motherfuckers because they feel like if they want to, you know, step out and you know act buck wild, they should be able to do it, but don't let you do it. If you do it, then it's bad. You know, if you do it and we're in a relationship together, then that's toxic. But you don't think that you withholding the truth from people, especially someone who you know likes you and has feelings for you and loves you. You don't think withholding the truth from them is just as toxic? No, they don't think that. Because unless there's a commitment or a title, they're single. They can do what they want to do. But then they're getting mad that, you know, the person who they don't want to make a commitment to is out there doing their own thing. And in some cases, in my case, in this case, the people who they want, because there's multiple of us where Anthony is concerned, are out here doing their own thing. They don't like that. They don't like that at all. So getting back to Michael... Or, or, or speeding up to 2023 with Michael. And that's and, and two days ago now, <laughs> I remember getting that specific text and just shaking immediately. Mind you, I'm at work, actually. I am doing overtime and I'm a little bit behind at work. So I'm trying to catch up and I'm and, 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 and I'm trying to focus. But my focus is off. Because I just heard some surprising and believable information about someone who just that morning was calling me baby, calling me bae, you know, was, you know, smiling at me, telling me to be happy and shit like that. And, and you know, what 
actually there was another situation with with Anthony where he sprung some other news on me again I won't say what it was because it involves his children and we're going to leave the babies about of this but it was another situation that I did not like how he sprung it on me and we were already a and, and we were already you know not over that because we didn't satisfy it to my degree but I was going to be patient wait for him to call me back I would never get that call because I got it from Michael. So we were already dealing with that, me and Anthony, earlier that day. And so then to have this be piled on, it, it it was like rocks were being thrown at me. So he had just called me that morning. We had just talked. They had a lovely conversation. He says to me, Anthony says to me, you know, am I, can I not be forgiven is 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 how I hurt you before going to always be held against me, and I didn't say anything because you know at that point I did not have any reason solely to mistrust him. I I I didn't have any reason to not believe the story that he was telling me, and that's one thing about me too. It's like as paranoid and non-trusting as I am, I think. When I like you and when you have my heart, I trust you immensely. And so I think that's why it hurts so much when I am lied to or when the truth is withheld from me. Because then I start feeling stupid. I start second guessing myself. Like, oh, why did I trust you? Why did I let my guard down? You know, this is only happening to me because I'm an amateur and I'm not really versed in this shit like like they're taking advantage of me and 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 uh, whole thing that i had to realize and i'll probably speak more about this later is that i had to realize is that i am sometimes so afraid to live in the moment especially when it comes to matters of the heart because i don't want to be out in these streets looking stupid I also don't want someone that I am putting all this trust and faith into to hurt me. I don't want to be angry. I don't want to be, you know, an evil bitch person. I can be. But I want to enjoy, you know, being in whatever situation I am with you. And in this situation, I wanted to enjoy, you know, the happiness I was feeling, you know, and, and me and Anthony, we had some wonderful weeks. <laughs> uh, the last time I saw him in person was in October. Yes, we had sex and it was good, but it's like, you know, we had talks. He told me stuff about his dreams and his goals for his future. That's how I know that, you know, he's trying to settle down by the age of 40 and, you know, make roots somewhere else because we're, we are having those talks. I told him my plans for the future. And I wanted him to be a part of those plans. I wanted him to be around for that. I wanted him to see me succeed and I wanted to see him succeed. Like, like I was still very skeptical about, you know, fully trusting him and, and seeing where things had went. But um, it felt good. It felt good having someone to talk to. It felt good having someone distract me. It felt good having someone want me. 
it felt good feeling sexy and feeling beautiful and feeling desired. And these are feelings that I don't often feel. These are insecurities that I often don't share because I feel like if I share them, it'll be a load of people telling me to love myself and then it'll be me explaining how I do love myself and me explaining that, you know, sometimes we need community because that's the truth. It's the truth, we need community. And and I spent a long time feeling as if there was something wrong with me wanting those things. That I was broken for wanting to be desired. I was broken for wanting to feel sexy. I was broken for wanting to feel wanted. It has taken me a long time to realize that those are just natural human feelings. And I ran from those for a long time because of past dealings where it kind of felt like I was made to feel some type of way for wanting to be wanted by the person that I wanted. And that hurts. It hurts. That particular kind of pain hurts, but that wasn't the same thing with Anthony. Like, you know, he told me, I started, you know, his name was Poppy in my phone. Now it's another name. I'll get to that. And, you know, he started calling me Bay. You know, there was one particular time where I dressed up in some lingerie and I called him on FaceTime. And, you know, my best friend bought me earpods for Christmas so I could, you know, hear him talking to me. And I put on a show for him. Like I was showing him that I liked him and that I, and that I, I I'm down with the freak shit. Like, 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 let's do this let's do this come on and so you know to have that text message from that man be sent to me especially when you know taking the pin out of michael michael has been a topic of subject between me and anthony pretty much for about a, a, a year you know, when I started to piece things together and, and start asking more questions, you know, they hate when you ask questions. That's one thing about me, too. It's like I can be suspicious and I can maybe not trust you. I'll put a pin in it for later and I'll say whatever needs to come my way about this. Let it come and let me deal with it as it comes. And that's what I said with this situation. But I was still asking questions like, who is Michael? Who is he to you? What is this? What is that? Every time something came up, I always addressed it because I'm a personal believer of not sweeping shit under the rug and that once you do that, you then open the door for this person to treat you any old kind of way. And I think it's a double-edged sword because what that told Anthony is that, oh, I can't tell him certain things because he'll get jealous and be upset. And it's like, my nigga, why would I not be whenever you're telling me that this man made you stop speaking to me and that that's why you got brand new with me the first time because he's seen that we liked each other. He's he seen you calling me. He's seen that we liked each other and he made you not talk to me. Mind you, when we did link back up again, he hit me up on the apps and he has my number. I really want to say for the better part of this year, he really spoke to me through social media apps, whether that be Jacked or Messenger, 
we just started really speaking on the phone more frequently maybe like four months ago and and thinking and me saying that thinking back to it now it's like obviously obviously the reason was because michael was around that's what it was and so i'm saying to him why would i trust you when you have already proven to me that you can't be trusted i'm like i know that that man is down in dc with you because when i seen the profile because up until this year, Michael's profile was still active on Jacked. And I know the distance from Pittsburgh, from specifically my house to wherever they were in D.C. is less than 200 miles. Between 190 and 200 miles. So, and I, and, and I know that your distances were like together. I know this. I know this. That's how I knew that you moved down there with him. I knew this. You two were very sloppy about trying to hide that. And then the profile changed from just us to just me. So they must have broken up around that time and somehow gotten back together. I don't know. But why would I trust you when I have all this evidence for me not to trust you? And that's when he started telling me, you know, Michael means nothing to me. Michael... Michael, you know, was just my old business partner. We was fucking around. You know, he's still married. He's DL. He's DL. <laughs> and that's important. That's important. He's DL and he doesn't want to leave his wife. And that's why I left him alone and this, that, and this, that, and the, and the third. But it's like, okay, but that still doesn't explain why, you know, when you're getting in contact with me, you don't call me. You hit me up on the apps. So, you know, put a pin in it. I put a pin in it. And I, and, 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 and I went out on a leap of faith to trust this man again. So, again, wink, wink, nudge, nudge to my surprise, you know, he and Michael, from what Michael told me, you know, because then, you know, Getting back to the conversation that just happened a couple of days ago, Michael's telling me that they've been in a relationship for six years. What I also know about Anthony is that, you know, Anthony was married to a man who passed away six years ago in August of 2017. And Michael is telling me that, you know, they got together or they became official in 2017. September of 2017 to be exact. So it's like you didn't even wait for his husband's body to be cold in the ground before you, you know, went after this man. But I'll get to that later on. So they've been a couple for six years. And yes, they are business partners. But, you know, um, that's his man. And when I'm hearing this man speak on the phone, it doesn't sound like to me a man who is actively on the DL. And if he is on the DL, as soon as he opens up his mouth, you can tell because literally a dick pops out of it. That's that's how that shit was sounding. Anthony would tell me that, you know, I had his attention the most and he proved it because he would call me every day. He would send me things. He would talk and he would do this and do that and then he started telling me about this guy that, that lived in Baltimore that had his attention too and he was telling me that um you know 
sometimes he likes to be penetrated every once in a while and the guy has good enough dick that you know he likes to get penetrated by and you know he liked the way that you know what did uh morris chestnut say uh sorry what did lance say about mia in the best man with terrence howard said well how do you know that she's never cheated on you and what did lance say because the pussy curves in my dick nigga and he liked the fact that my shit curved to his dick how could it not it had a curve and it felt good absolutely it did so um um he told me about that. He also told me about that. He also told me that, told me that there were others. There's some more in Pittsburgh. There's a nigga who's a flight attendant, who's frequent flyer mouse he was trying to use, who he does not like this man, from what he tells me. But the man don't know that. And the man has been trying to be with him for years. Baltimore guy has been around for a little over a decade. And so Baltimore guy, you know, had to, you know, settle and, you know, play the sidelines or play whatever while, you know, Anthony went off and married his husband. And, um, you know, I guess from my understanding at the time came back into play once the husband died. I'm thinking it was a year or two afterwards. But later I would find out that, you know, Baltimore guy and Michael were the same person. And this came from Anthony. So that was a later conversation. Um, getting back to <laughs> the conversation with Michael. Michael eventually got Anthony on the phone. And the minute Anthony got on the phone, I immediately called him a bunch of liars, a bunch of cowards. And I, I didn't let him get a word in edgewise. I don't remember everything we talked about because I was just, it took everything in my body to not let a tear form and to not let my voice crack because I was pissed. I told him to kiss my ass and suck my dick. Like, like shit I don't say, but that's how you know you really got me pissed off. And I didn't want to give Michael the satisfaction of knowing why I was upset. Even though I don't like Michael's ass either. Still don't. I want to whoop his ass too, but we won't go there today. But he didn't need the satisfaction of knowing how hurt I was by what, you know, our man. And I'm saying our man because, you know, we were sharing him, bitch. But about what our man was doing. Okay? What he was doing to me to hurt me. And so I remember saying to Michael before I got off the phone, he is all yours and I hope you two are fucking miserable together. And he says, oh, well, thank you. And Anthony hangs up. Anthony will call me later. And then starts explaining to me how, you know, Baltimore dude and Michael were the same person and how, you know, um, he was around most recently because, you know, he was trying to figure out if he had feelings for him and he wanted to tell me and he meant to tell me he just never got around to it. And I am pissed off again. It's like, because here's the thing I have, I've given you because, because now it's starting to make sense to me. Right. So if Baltimore dude and Michael are the same person, that means what I said about Michael earlier, Michael has played a position in your life for over 10 years. Michael swooped in after your husband died, not too long after your husband died and got with you then. And you were in such a vulnerable state then that <clears throat> He did everything to hold on to you. You're telling me stories about how, you know, you fucked six people in one day. 
And this was as a result of your husband dying. So you went buck wild. And like, you know, that's a normal reaction when your spouse dies. I mean, <laughs> so I'm not judging him for that. But I'm definitely judging Michael because, and, and look, I don't want to say too harshly because it's hard out here. Um, and I know that the gays will do anything to hold on to a man. They just will. I can't really relate <clears throat> because I feel like there is no way in hell that I would be calling anybody who my man is fucking behind my back to tell them to stop calling my man, especially when had I not cussed your man out over the phone and actually spoken to him with, you know, a bit of calm, he would be calling me right now. He would still be talking to me right now. So while you're telling me to not call your man anymore, is your man going to stop calling me? Let's be honest about that, sir. You saw me in that man's phone, at, what was it now, almost two years ago. And got so mad that you blocked my number and had him and, 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 and blocked the number to the point to where he had to hit me up from other places. And now all of that shit is making sense to me. It's like, and like, I thought that it's like, there's somebody around because I'm not getting why you're talking to me on these apps when you have my number. And if you didn't lose it, you know, why in the hell? I remember when we started talking again and, and I was like, oh, well, I have unknown numbers blocked. He was like, well, I better not be blocked or I'm a call or I'm a come back here and keep harassing you to get your number. So, so, you know, a part of me is trying to, is trying to take, a, is trying to take accountability for the ways in which I ignored red flags, but let's be real. He did seek, he, he did seek after me. He chased me and I liked it. I liked the attention. Sue me, sue me for being human. I liked it. I'm sorry. And so Anthony's telling me all this and, and then I, I'm so angry that I just start bawling. I'm just like, you are a coward. You are a fucking coward. And I never thought this would come from you. And that's what hurts because you're a coward. And, and I've told you how shit like this has hurt me in the past. And you do this to me. You do this to me. I was vulnerable with you. I let myself be open with you. I, I've, I've told you things I've never told anybody that I was trying to be serious with. You know things about me that some people in my family don't even know about me. And you would hurt me in this way. Knowing that I've been hurt in a similar situation like this before. You're a fucking coward. You are a coward. And it's like, to add insult to injury, it's like, I, I gave you chances to tell me the truth. And you made me think I was crazy. You tried to gaslight me about it. And I kept telling him that too. It was like, don't get brand new now that he's on the phone. Don't get brand new now that, you, now that we've spoken to him together. Like, let's be real here, nigga. You trying to make it seem like you know, we only fucked the one time back in October. And I remember telling Michael on the phone when Michael asked that question, well, what is it between you two? And Anthony just said, oh, we're just fucking. And then Michael brought up, oh, but I thought you said you didn't know who this was. 
thought you said that. And then when you did remember, you told me that y'all only messed around that one time, that one time that I knew about. I said, the last time that man was up in my pussy was motherfucking October 16th of 2022. What I should have added on to it is that he was literally making plans to come down to Pittsburgh to see me Thursday, which is today. He also made those same plans last Thursday, but then said something happened with the kids and I was understanding. I said, okay, it's fine because you have four kids. You have four kids and they're all at different ages. Like they need you more than I do. So let me be understanding that. But now I'm thinking back to it. It's like, was it the kids that need you or was it Michael that needed you? Questions raising up in my head. And so, you know, um, yeah, I, I, I was not nice to him in that conversation. I remember him telling me a while back when we had, when we had an argument previously and Michael was involved in this argument not not like he was there, but like it was kind of about him. And he goes, if I fumbled you, tell me that. Put your foot down. Tell me niggas only get a chance to fumble me once and you won't do it again. You won't do it a second time. And I remember saying that with everything I had in me. I said, Anthony, remember when we had that conversation and you told me to put my foot down and you told me not to let a nigga fumble me again. Well, you fumbled me and now you're done. I don't ever want to speak to you or see you again. Ever. And when we got on the phone and we talked one-on-one, I says to him, you have hurt me. You have hurt me. And you did like, do you not understand that? Like, are you proud of yourself that you did that? So while you're on here trying to save face and trying to act like you are a hurt party here by both me and your bitch, Michael, let's talk about the fact that you have had opportunities to tell me the truth and you did not take them. The morning of another part of the conversation was him telling me how Baltimore dude, AKA Michael, Fuck somebody else and how he got so mad about that, that that was cheating. That was cheating to him. And he was upset about that. Perfect time to tell me what was coming down the pike for me and not for me to be blindsided and have my day ruined because the man who you were in a toxic fucking relationship with cannot accept the fact that you don't really like him like that. And that you're only with him out of obligation because he's been around for 12 years. He's been stuck with you. Like you're stuck with him in the same place for 12 years. He has waited on you for 12 years. And now he's got you. He's not giving you up, let alone to somebody who you like fucking more than him. Let alone. He's not going to give you up easily. So while you're on the phone crying to me about, oh, we're not in a relationship, but you want to treat it like that. So I guess I lost both my boyfriends today. No, you lost one of them because the other one's not going anywhere. I guarantee that. I, I guarantee you that. That man is not going anywhere. That man is not stepping aside for no one. What I actually think might be the next step, because what I, 
he was so mad at me for calling him a cat. And like, I literally like changed his name in my phone to fucking coward. So when he called me, it went fucking coward. He was upset about that. And then I called him a liar. And the thing that kills me with a lot of these men, and I don't know if it's just tourist men, but I've encountered this with both the tourist men that I have dealt with. Like, they don't like when you call them what they are. So instead of just not doing what you know is going to piss me off, you would rather gaslight me about how I am taking your actions. Why are you getting mad at me that I'm calling you a liar and a coward? That's what you are. That's exactly the fuck you are. And you want to come to me and, you know, act as if, you know, you're this big man on campus and and you want everybody to think a certain way about you and you don't want people to know who you actually motherfucking really are. And you want to hurt somebody like me? Who has been a shoulder for you to cry on, a shoulder for you to lean on? Who has tried to be there for you as much as I can be? As, 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 as much as I, I knew how to be? Fuck the fact that I needed some assurance and that I needed, you know, um, 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 some come through on your end. <clears throat> that I never got. That I never got. Fuck that I need that. I'm trying to be, be all the man that you need. Whitney Houston. That's what I'm trying to be. And you can't do one simple thing and be honest with me. Had enough to tell me the one time that me wanting honesty was me wanting too much from him. And let me, again, be self-aware and hold myself accountable in this because the red flags were there. The red flags were there. It's just, I did not want to give up someone that made me feel so good. Someone that made me feel things that I have never felt before. I didn't feel repulsive when this man touched me. I didn't feel like he was disgusted with me when he saw me or parts of my body. I didn't feel that. And I have always felt that way about my interactions with men. And, um, I don't like to say it all the time, you know? But he made me forget about that. Like, I want y'all to really get this. Like, I am a fat, black, dark-skinned man who grew up feeling disgusting about myself. And to have someone who I thought was <clears throat> attractive and alluring and interesting 
feel those same ways about me and then some? Oh, you want me to give that up because of a couple of red flags? Nah, hell no. Nah. So I get Michael in a sense. But where I draw the line at is you blatantly disrespecting me. And you blatantly playing in my face. There was another word I wanted to use too before the producer, but I couldn't think of it. But you doing those things to me and like, I can verify that you're doing them and that and, 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 and it's obvious I don't play, ultimately I don't play with my self-respect. And I would not respect myself had I stayed around for 12 years like that bitch, Michael. And every time that nigga tells you to jump, you jump and you acquiesce to what you wanted to do. Don't think I don't think that you moved down, that you didn't move down, that his ass didn't move down to DC because Michael wanted it. I'm actually blocked now from social media. And don't think that I don't believe for one second that I'm also not blocked on his phone either, but I'm not calling him or texting him anymore. And also don't think that I don't think that that's not a part of his reconciliation with Michael because he knows, Anthony knows that I'm done. I'm over with it. It's over with me. And I think he knew that he had one more shot, one more shot. That was giving him another chance. And he knew he was on his last leg. And so he knows it's over with me. But Michael is used to this. Michael is used to playing a certain part and playing his position to the point to where Anthony just goes along with his shit. So I have no doubt that now I'm blocked and they'll probably be married by the end of the year. And then Anthony will have everything he wants. He just may not be happy and, you know, sucks to be him. <clears throat> but I can't say, just to end this out, that I won't speak about this more throughout this year because I feel like there's more that I needed to say that I didn't want to say, but it's getting too long now. But I just know that in 2023, what I want to do more is I want to stop giving people second chances. I am learning that with my cousin, and now I'm getting another lesson of that with him. I still need a little bit more practice, but I want to really put that in more active practice that I will not forego my self-respect and I will not give people a second chance to hurt me. And I remember I, I told him this too. You will never get another chance to make me feel like a piece of shit again. You will never get that chance again. And I meant it. And in 2023, we're going to put a lot of things in practice. And that is that is, that is one of them. Search for a prey. That's more of a foreplay by you I want to be prayed on. I'm not asking for your hand in marriage. Love is political. Love is political. And I say that as a black gay man who has to date differently from other black people. That has to date differently from people in general. But love is political. And I think I want people to understand that. Um, 
I won't get into depth too much about it uh, because I feel like this is a conversation that I was explaining to a friend last night that we're probably going to have on a separate episode. But um, I think the way that people date mostly is for status and clout. I think those things are way more important than love. I actually don't think love factors into anything at all. You know, even if you want to make the argument because, you know, they made the argument or she made the argument that, you know, um, you know, black women are, you know, marrying or, 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 or will pick a bum up off the street and they are, you know, cleaning them up and they and, and you know, that's love and dedication. And I'm like, black women just aren't doing that. So are the white women. And a lot of the reasons why that's being done on both ends is because at the end of the day, nobody wants to be alone. You learn to love that person after you've cleaned them up. It's not surprising that you would fall in love with them because you're taking care of them. And so you get to see them at their most vulnerable, at their weakest. And then when they get on their feet, they change up on you. But that's not what I'm really talking about in the sense. When I say it's political, I'm talking about specifically for gay black men. Let me zero in on that because that's the only from a reference that I have knowledge of because I'm a gay black man. There was a thread on Twitter <clears throat> where someone posted um, black gay men and their white partners. And, you know, we can all acknowledge that love is love. You find it where you find it. Um, um, there's nothing initially wrong with it, per se. But when you dig, you sometimes you, you have to dig deeper with that. And, and, and you have to ask yourself, you know, when we... First of all, when we talk about dating, we and, and we use examples, we always use examples of celebrities. And I'm about to do that right now, even though I hate that because celebrities have a different dating pool than the rest of us. But I'm gonna bring it home shortly. So, <laughs> in the thread, you've seen Billy Porter and his husband. You've seen Titus Burgess and his... I be, and his partner, um, and a host of other black celebrity men and their white partners. And so when I say you have to dig deeper, you have to ask yourself, is this simply a coincidence or is this, you know, by design? Do gay black men somehow find it easier to be gay if they are partnered with a white person? And do they somehow want to remove themselves from the political aspects of that because they know that two black men being together is going to be judged is going to be judged more harshly by the black community than they will be in an interracial relationship. You know, and and you know, in the in in the thread and in the comments and stuff and the quotes, people were like, well, you know, we have to, 
you know, be honest about the fact that, you know, uh, black gay men and black people and the black community as a whole just don't accept feminine gay black men. So, you know, um, you know, the white partners normally do. And as someone pointed out, it's like white gay men, I'm sorry, white gay men aren't lining up to accept feminine black gay men either. A lot of them are looking for the Mandigo fantasy. There's a TikTok I ran across of this black man who talks about how he fucked this white man's husband in a U-Haul. This black man lived in South Central and this white couple rented out a U-Haul and they put a bed in it. I think, I think they put a chair in it. They set it up like it was a bedroom and they were driving around looking for black penis in South Central so they could then drive off in the U-Haul to their home and do what needed to be done. <clears throat> so the same white men that y'all are trying to position as the better option because they accept femininity so much are the same white men that are looking at you as some BBC fantasy. I am not the most masculine of gay black men. I am also not the thinnest of gay black men. And I'm very much not a secret gay black man either. So those are all attributes and all things that, you know, people would assume that would lead me to a white partner. But I still don't have issues finding my tribe of black men. Do I encounter negativity as a result of it? Absolutely, I do. But I also encounter the same negativity from the white partner. But again, we're talking about the political we're talking about the political side of it because I think those reasons are all bullshit. I think at large, a lot of gay black men use that to excuse their anti-blackness. You know, Steve Lacey, uh, when he came on as bisexual a couple of years ago, literally said, you know, in an, in an interview that he, that he doesn't want to date black men because he sees them as his brothers. What type of fucking sense does that make? So, you know, I, I, I don't I don't think that love in that instance is as altruistic as people like to make it out to be. It's very much political. And I think that a lot of people learn to love their partners. But they love the status and the clout that they get from being with a specific person. And I will always believe that. And this is just one example of why I believe it. So I'm definitely going to make this segment really quick and easy because I'm actually tired of talking about it and I'm tired of speaking about it. Um, I'm not going to gloat much. As a matter of fact, probably not at all because that's tacky. I'll try not to be tacky. <clears throat> but um, Tory Lanez was found guilty 
of shooting Meg the Stallion. And I'm going to tell you all this and I want you all to listen. I did not need no court proceedings. I didn't need any evidence, truly. I didn't even need, you know, any uh, phone call to be released after the trial is over um, for me to believe that that man has always been guilty. <clears throat> Tory Lanez has never acted like he didn't do it. He's always acted like someone that wanted to appear that he didn't do it. And I needed people to interrogate that more. No, instead, y'all wanted to interrogate who Megan was fucking. Y'all wanted to interrogate and assassinate Megan's character with her friends because that was already the popular narrative at the point. And so no one could ever answer for me. If he is an innocent man, <clears throat> why is he at first trying to spread misinformation about whether or not she was shot. People will bring up, well, you know, um, um, <clears throat> Megan the Stallion said that she was um, um, cut by glass. So, you know, maybe he was going with that narrative. And it's like, he led with that narrative for a long time until it was proven that she was actually shot. That's why we got the album, the Daystar album where he talked around the situation. <laughs> People want to bring up the gag order. And my thing is he had all that time to talk about, to, to, to talk about the case. And even a little bit after the gag order, <clears throat> the, the first time it was put in, he could have still spoken about it just, just in a unique way. Instead, no, he talked about it. And my thing is always this. If you're not going to talk about it, don't talk around it. Leave it on the playground. He wouldn't. Instead, he helped, and no one's going to convince me otherwise. I, 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 this is my first time saying this. He helped fan the flames of putting the dial on Kelsey while also saying Kelsey didn't do it. I do believe that he and Kelsey were in cahoots. I do believe that, you know, um, um, they both helped in the public gaslighting of Meg the Stallion. Speaking of gaslighting, you know, I was just talking about this earlier on in the episode. I really do believe that. And no one's going to convince me otherwise. I don't care if Megan slept with a whole football team. I don't care if, you know, her and Kelsey were fighting. Because truly, I don't think the fight really matters. I think that you have three people who have put the gun in Tori's hands. Three people. That's Megan, the person who was shot. That's Kelsey and her original 80-minute testimony, which got added to the court proceedings because she got on that stand and literally aided in helping the defense trying to win their case. Because you're not going to tell me that. Like, she had to have... Like, if the narrative is, right, because that apparently is what the narrative was. That's what she said in her song, that you didn't defend me when people were trying to say I shot you. So why the fuck would you then get up on the stand and say... All that shit. Why would you not answer direct questions? Because you knew, because at the end of the day, you had to have known that now quarter public opinion is going to be pointing at you really, really more harshly. And you want the jury to think that as well. Y'all aren't convincing me any otherwise. I have never trusted Kelsey. I, I remember telling a friend of mine when Kelsey was coming out, she was like, well, Kelsey just telling her side of the story. I said, bullshit. That girl is sitting there trying to gaslight that woman. That's exactly what she's doing. For, 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 for whatever reason, I don't know. 
I don't know. And at this point, I don't really care anymore because I think the because I think the jury saw the truth. I think the jury saw the saw the saw the saw the smoke from yonder. Okay? They saw the forest from the trees and they saw what was going on. They weren't falling for the for the hoopla and the and the, you know, a parlor tricks that Tori was trying to do. And I definitely believe Tori was trying to do parlor tricks. I definitely believe that. I definitely believe that. Because then the narrative kept changing. Then suddenly it was, oh, I slept with two best friends and that's what happened. Do, why would you hold on to that tea for a whole fucking year and not tell it in the first place? Like all that shit was just way too convenient, way too convenient. And no one could ever answer that for me. If he did not shoot her, then who did? If he did not shoot her, why in the fuck did he get on a live knowing very well that that girl was shot? and try and spread misinformation that she was not. No one can give me a, no one can ever answer that for me. And that to me was the most important and most incriminating piece of evidence against him. Why are you lying about something that we all know is factual? There's x-rays presented of this woman's foot in the court. There are reported bullet fragments being taken out of her foot by the, by the surgeon who did the surgery, not the first doctor who examined her, who basically wrote down what she told him what happened, but from the doctor who did the surgery. They're not going to fake court documents. They're not going, I'm sorry, no, not court documents. They're not going to fake medical documents if it's not true. They're not going to fake x-rays knowing that something is online. And if you want me to believe that, you need to come up with a better story other than they're trying to destroy Tory's image. First of all, when this shit happened, Megan was the bigger star than Tory. Megan was a rising, I would say at least C-list, B-list celebrity. Tori was still on the D-list and had been doing music for at least 10 years by that time. And you want me to believe the narrative that his, you know, father and his stepmother and his little sister tried to pass off. And yes, I'm including her in it as well. Well, no, I won't include her because, you know, I know that the parents and Tori got her up to do that and cry about it. They probably took her to Mickey D's after the fact to cheer her up. But the story that his family was trying to pass off is that Jay-Z and by extension, Beyonce, paid off the jury to convict their son. You want me to believe that Beyonce and Jay-Z paid off a jury to convict a D-list celebrity. You want me to believe, and, and then it's like, what would be the reason? Oh, well, you know, he was an independent artist and he was trying you can do it on, on his own. The most famous and the most successful independent artist is Chance the Rapper. Three-time Grammy Award winning, several Grammy nominated artists. And you want me to believe that they are going to put their money to bring down someone who has never even cracked the top 10 on the Billboard Hot 100, whose highest song went number 23 on the Billboard Hot 100. I don't even think Tori has many top 40 hits. That's what you want me to believe? You want me to now adopt this Emmett Till storyline? Because y'all love to do that. Y'all love to turn every famous black man into like Emmett Till. Meanwhile, Emmett Till was a 14-year-old child who was tortured and lynched for whistling at a white woman in the 1950s. Tory Lanez is a black man who shot a black woman and tried to get away with it. 
It's like that famous Boondocks episode. Not every nigga is fucking Nelson Mandela and Tory Lanez is not. Trust and believe me, the music ain't all that good. Most of the shit that he's known for is samples. And y'all want to talk about he owns his masters. The other artists that he sampled from get the royalties before he does. He gets them last. But you want me to believe that they sent in Megan the Stallion to take him down. As if he had anything worth value. And then the thing is, oh, well, you know, he didn't do what they wanted him to do. So they took him down. A D-list celebrity? Why would they want him? The nigga has Jay-Z, has Jay-Z lyrics tattooed on his body. He's a fucking fan. If anything, if anything, and he helped the fan this narrative too. If anything, you want to know what's more believable? Him being upset, him being upset that someone who's fairly new is getting all the love and, rec- and recognition that he thinks he should be getting. Because what else isn't Wiley talked about since I want to talk about Megan's sexual history. Let's talk about Tory's history of violence. Let's talk about how it took this court proceeding for many of us, especially me, to find out that he even had a child. And the mother has definitely made reports of him, you know, being domestically violent towards her. Let's talk about how, you know, um, um, he was involved or caused a car wreck with a four-month pregnant woman. Let's talk about how he was in altercations with Travis Scott. Let's talk about how he, but you, and and, 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 and let's also talk about how, and, and this is on camera. Let's talk about how he was in altercations with Prince uh, from Love and Hip Hop Miami. You know, that boy that everybody thought was swerving down was gay, right? Let's talk about how the most recent thing, right? He's under probation and he's sitting here punching August Alcina in the mouth because August Alcina won't speak to him and shake his hand. And I believe that to very much be true. And I and 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 what's and what's funny is that the tides were changing for the belief then there too because August was like, I gotta tell this story before y'all get out on the blogs and try to say that this didn't happen when it actually did. And that's what Tory tried to do. He got on his Instagram story and said that I don't know what y'all are talking about. I was in the studio all day. I never even seen dude. And then there's video proof of you trying to shake his hand. And then when he didn't shake it, you ran after him. And then there's another video proof of you running back from wherever he was. And your team was running. People was like, oh, Tory Lanez just knocked the fuck out of, out of August Alcina. I'm not saying he had to address it, but it's like all this shit is looking bad. And then the phone call came out where he's a poly- You You want to pass off this narrative that Megan and Kelsey were fighting. Because Megan slept with Tori and that was Kelsey's man at the time. Which, quite honestly, Kelsey never said that was either. Not even on the motherfucking stand. That came from all these black media outlets that y'all are taking as journalism. And what's really sad is that, like, y'all make me mad. But <laughs> I'm going on two different things now. What, what really makes me mad is that y'all tried to sit up there and try to paint it as people not listening to black journalists. When all of the blogs that were reporting on the case are not journalists. They have about as much journalism degrees as I do. And they were reporting misinformation, shit that was never said in court or never even happened. One of the famous ones, one of the most famous ones and the loudest voices is Milagro Grams. I just saw something today where she tried to say, well, he's, well he, he has a court date on, on January the 10th. And, you know, the, um, the number for the court case is 132 and RM, which means they're going to reduce it to a misdemeanor. And 132 means this and means that. Meanwhile, RM just means room and 132 is probably the room number. 
That's the kind of quote unquote journalism that y'all are listening to and feeding into. Because truthfully speaking, y'all want to believe Y'all would rather believe that this woman lied on this man than to believe that he shot her for a petty ass reason. And I really believe that he shot her for a petty ass reason. I believe the story where they were arguing and she mentioned something about his career and, and like a hot hit, like he is, like he's been proven to be in several different cases, he hauled off and shot her. Now, here's the thing. I don't think that he... I don't think he meant to, I don't think he meant to intentionally harm her. I think he wanted to shoot at her to embarrass her. And then she got shot in the foot. Her being shot in the foot was something he wasn't expecting. But instead of just apologizing about that, instead of just saying that it was an accident, you didn't mean to and making amends with her. You went for two years and helped the public gas like this woman. And I have no respect for that. I have no respect for that. I don't care that the legal system isn't fair to black men. Some of y'all niggas need to be in jail. I'm sorry, y'all do. I, I, I don't care. I don't care. Y'all want to say, and to talk about they all lie. No, Tory's the biggest liar. Because he never still to this day told us who, who, who shot that girl. He never said out of his mouth, here's what happened. Kelsey shot her and I tried to stop it. He's never said that. The defense, you know, conveniently tried to paint that narrative without saying that. But he never said that. But y'all want me to believe that. Y'all want me to believe instead of just accepting the truth that he shot her and he harmed her. And harmed her even more by gaslighting her and spreading misinformation about her. You want me to believe that Jay-Z and Beyonce pulled their resources together to fuck up the case for Tory Lanez because he didn't sign a contract with Rock Nation. First of all, Rock Nation is not even a record label. I need y'all to get that. Rock Nation is a management company. They manage people. They don't sign people. It's just, it's, 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 they're literally managing Megan. That's all they do. She's not signed to Rockefeller Records. She's not signed to whatever label Jay-Z is on. She's literally being managed by his management company. But that's what you want me to believe. I don't. I'm sorry. He shot her. He shot her. And that's the truth. That's the God's honest truth. That's the gospel truth. That little leprechaun shot her. And for that, I think he got exactly what he deserved. Sue me.